Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, once again, all three NASCAR series are in action this week, but this time around we got a couple of firsts as the Xfinity series heads to Portland and the NASCAR Cup series go to Gateway for the very first time. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. And joining us for the first time, a little bit of a guest here tonight, iRacing driver for the Sim Racing Edge, Jeremy Miller. How you doing, Jeremy? Uh, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. So let's uh, jump right into the first race of the weekend. That's coming from the Truck Series. They're also at Gateway along with the Cup Series. John Hunter Nemechek, the favorite. Not really a big surprise there. He has been one of the better drivers. Anybody else that you guys possibly think uh, could uh, give John Hunter a chance? You know, um, <laughs> excuse me. Give John Hunter a uh, battle for the win here this coming week? I think this is a pretty wide open race. Sheldon Creed's won the last two. He's not in the field. Uh, this week, John Hunter does have a win here, although it was in racing terms an eon ago. Uh, my pick actually is going to be Stuart Friesen. Plus 1100 has three top fives and four races here. Has been pretty solid, obviously won a couple weeks ago at Texas. And I think he'll have the speed to take it home. That's a solid pick. I know Friesen, like you said, he's looked a little bit better. Um, but somebody that maybe could excel at a track like this. Uh, Jeremy, what about you? Who are you looking at this weekend for the truck series? I think it's hard to look at a truck race right now without picking Zane Smith as a favorite off the bat. I mean, he's just been very consistent all year in that 38 truck, and that driver's been getting it done, team's been getting it done. When they don't have issues, I think he's probably the arguably best truck on the track. There's been a few weeks where he's made mistakes or the team's made mistakes, but it, when that when he keeps that thing in one piece and at a track like this, I think he definitely can keep it in one piece. He's definitely going to be up there contending for a win. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. Uh, 38 has run good here previously with Todd Gillen. That's a team that knows how to get around here. Todd arguably could have won a race or two here over the last couple of years. So if they're able to, you know, kind of feed off their notes from last year and with how Zane's been running, I, I definitely think that's a very good choice. I'm going to go chalk. <laughs> I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. Um, just somebody that I think you know, he's really been building on some stuff. KBM, not the strongest week last week at Charlotte. I expect them to bounce back. Plus 250. Maybe not the best payout, but hey, sometimes you got to go that way. Even Zane Smith, plus 350. Not a ton of money to be won there from a betting standpoint, but those guys are the clear-cut favorite. You can see a pretty big drop-off after that, you know, down to 600 to Chandler Smith, Ben Rhodes plus 900, even Ty Majeski at plus 1,000, who has been showing a decent amount of speed, especially last week where he sat on the pole. Um, anybody a little bit deeper in the odds that you guys might, um, might be possibly looking at, too, maybe like a long shot or something along those lines? I like Johnny Sauter at plus 2,500. Only a second start of the year. But much like Stuart Friesen, also has three top fives in his last four races here. Uh, finished second in his only start of the year, Martinsville. Speed from Johnny Sauter we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, obviously, track's not exactly like Martinsville, but it is a flat track, something Johnny Sauter's been pretty good at. And at 2,500, I, I like the value there. And, uh, you know, Jeremy, anybody that you possibly think a little bit deeper, maybe a long shot type person that you're looking at? 
I mean, with the trucks, it's hard to pick somebody that's a really true long shot because I feel like you have to be kind of one of the top end drivers in that series to really win a race. Like you, the the mid pack drivers, unlike maybe Xfinity or even the Cup Series, don't seem like they have as much of a chance to win on any given week. But like, I mean, Matt Benedetto, he's got great Cup experience, obviously behind him, obviously has shown he's a talented race car driver. So you know, if they play a strategy right or put him in the right position at a short track where you can literally let us really let his talent shine through, maybe he could get the job done for that team. Yeah, that's that's not bad. That team's been getting a lot faster over the last couple of weeks. Uh, plus five thousand, lots of money to be you know made there potentially. Um, you know, they, they've really at least taken a step in terms of speed, the speed standpoint where they seem like they're more of a top ten team at least in terms of raw, you know, just speed every week. Um, they got to kind of iron out those mistakes, but the Benedetto, if they're there at the end of the race with how some of these truck races could end, I don't think that's actually that crazy of a pick. Uh, personally, for myself, again, in terms of long shots, a little bit of a, a chalk-type pick here. Corey Heim, plus 1,600, already has a win this year. Granted, it was at Atlanta, but once again, driving for KBM, they struggled a little bit last week, even with Kyle in the truck. I just don't expect them to drop the ball two weeks in a row. So give me Heim as a long shot at plus 1,600. I, I think all those guys, realistically, I mean, Sauter ran good at Martinsville. The Benedetto showing speed, and with Heim running for Kyle Busch Motorsports. I think all three of them, well, again, a bit of a long shot, probably could. You know, it wouldn't be shocking if they ended up in victory lane at the end of the day. Um, normally, we would go into the head-to-head picks right now, <laughs> but unfortunately, DraftKings being a uh, a little slow this week, we don't have anything like that for the truck series, so pretty quick when it comes to that, unless you guys have any uh, other thoughts for the truck race. I think the truck, the truck race is, is the most known of the races this weekend, but at the same time, almost every time we go to a truck race, it's there's a bit of an unknown, just there's so much turnover year to year. Uh, we really could see anyone, I think, any any of the guys that have had speed this year walk away with this win. So it'll I, be, I, uh, I think it'll be a good race. Sorry about that. I uh, I actually think it's going to be really exciting to see Roger Karouf driving that Spire truck. That Spire oh. truck has had some really good speed. So I think this will be a, a good spot to see where that driver's talent stacks up compared to some of the bigger dogs other than the uh, competition he's been racing down in Arca. See what he can do on a more level playing field with some real talent. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really good call. I don't think they have him on the odds yet just because he was announced today. Uh, wouldn't shock me if they kind of moved him in there, but given the speed that truck has shown, I mean, you had a win with William Byron, almost won with Alex Bowman at Coda. Chase Elliott, he had a decent run at Dirt Bristol, but it's Dirt Bristol, and I know Austin Hill did show some speed as well at Daytona. That's probably the best equipment that Rajah's been in. I like what Alpha Prime's been doing in the Xfinity series, but they still have a long way to go. You can't really gauge where he is at his development in a car like that, other than him being able to just log laps and bring the car home clean. So for him to get in a car, or a truck in this case, that is capable of winning races, granted it was William Byron, when you have a cup guy in there that's going to make it a lot easier, it is a pretty good measuring stick. So I'm actually a little excited to see how he does in that um, comes this weekend. We we don't like you said we don't have the odds for it, but if if we had top five or top ten odds for him, depending on what they're at, there could be some some value to be had there as well. I do expect him to run fairly decent. He's had a good start to the season in Arc. I believe he is might be behind Nick Sanchez still. I can't remember, uh, but he's battling for the championship right there. Has had some solid speed in the Xfinity series so so far. So it'll be good to see what he does in his uh, truck debut. Yeah, I. 
I think honestly, if he for whatever reason shows up at like plus seventy five hundred, plus ten thousand, that's worth a really small bet. <laughs> you know, anytime you could turn like ten dollars into a grand, I think it's worth taking a look at. So we'll see when you know if they add him in, but that potentially could be a a nice uh, dark horse play, just given the equipment he'll be in. Now we got our you know dark horses and regular picks out of the way. Fantasy teams. Mark, who you got on yours right now? Well, I'm going with my pick to win as the lead here. Stuart Friesen, 10,200. Of all the drivers that have more than one start at this track, he has the best average finish of the ones in the race. Has had a lot of speed. I already said three top fives in the last four races he's ran here. Uh, so I have him leading off here. Second guy, a guy who's been pretty hot. Had a, some controversy last week in the finish, but has had one of the best trucks over the last month, and that's Carson Hosevar at 10,000. Uh, he does have two starts here and had top 15 in both of those starts. And something that he hasn't really had a lot of experience with is this year he will be making his third start here. Uh, the truck goes to two races a year so rarely. Uh, but he actually did start here in the race back in 2020. So he does have two starts here, two top 15s. It will be one of the first tra uh, tracks he's had three starts at. So I would not be surprised uh, if he goes out here and runs very solid. Uh, third guy is the guy that was my value pick, Johnny Sauter. Uh, no only other start this year, he's finished second. I already mentioned three top fives of four races as well. And we have uh, my middle tier drivers, uh, Chase Purdy at 7,300. This wasn't a different equipment. It was in a GMS truck, but his career best finish did come in this race last year. Has had some more top 15 speed over the last month. So 7,300, especially if he doesn't get such a good qualifying effort. He could have some uh, good fantasy points here. Haley Deegan, 7,100. Obviously, it's not been a great year for her. Before last week, had been getting some consistency in, but her only career top 10 did come in this race last year. I think it was a seventh. And then also, and I think this is just the steal. I imagine he'll end up on most people's teams. Roger Cruz, 5,900. The speed alone, that truck alone, is easily worth 5,900, almost no matter who you put in that truck. Uh, so it, he's my uh, closer out here, 5,900 for Roger Cruz. That's a, a pretty solid team, I could tell you on mine. I, those middle tier guys, I think that's where you're going to make or break your team. I definitely used a couple too, but before we get to mine, Jeremy, what do you got? So I also let off my team with the my uh, pick to win this week, which is Zane Smith. I just I love what that 38 team's doing. Like you said, they've had speed here in the past with Todd Gilliland. Um, they've been very good on the short tracks as a whole with that organization. I think, think back to Martinsville last year, for an example. That, that that team was clearly the best truck all day. And this place, while not defined as a short track in distance, definitely drives like one. Uh, I think that Zane's going to find a way to at least definitely be able to anchor a team, if not win the race this weekend. Uh, after that, I have Corey Heim. Heim's looked really good in all of his starts in the KBM equipment so far. I, I think he's going to be an exciting one to watch this weekend. I don't know if he'll necessarily be able to outperform his teammate Nemechek, but I definitely think he'll be able to outperform Smith, so I think there's some pretty good value there from the KBM truck. After uh, I got Ty Majeski. Ty Majeski's one of the best short track racers in the country. Uh, coming to a track like this where a lot of guys probably are going to be a little out of their comfort zone because there's so much going on in a truck here. You're shifting, heavy braking zones, high speeds on the straightaway. I think someone like Majeski is able to really show their talent through and get, earn you some pretty good points throughout the day. Uh, I have Derek Krause, which is, we're starting to get a little more close to the mid-tier there with that pick. He uh, 
that that team has been very hit or miss. I think the short tracks is usually where they run a little better because Krauss is able to will that truck forward a little, which is definitely going to be very important at a place like this. And then I have uh, Taylor Gray, who has only made, I think, two starts in the truck this year, but coming to this track, I just, at 7,000, I feel with the equipment he is in that there's some decent value there, like which is very similar to the value you'd get in Haley Deegan. It's a little bit cheaper of a play, which allows me to open up my team a little bit. And then I also have the Rajon Karouf play, which will definitely be very popular this week. I gotta say we're we're all on the same page with Raja because I I also have him on my team. I'm I'm with both of you guys. The speed alone of that truck is probably going to make him worth playing at least on a couple teams. You know, just no brainer there. So he's on mine. Um, surprised to hear at least Mark because we do this every week. Uh, no no Jesse Little. Did I hear that right? No Jesse Little on your team this week. No, just because I didn't need him. Raja kind of filled that hole this week. Uh, I was happy with the team that I had. This is how I think they'll perform. But you could definitely swap out one of the guys for Jesse Little if you wanted another top-tier guy there. I mean, Jesse Little was running in even the, the top, right around the top 15 last week before his accident. So, mm-hmm. as always, Jesse Little will be a solid play. Yeah, Jesse Jesse Little is on my team, 5,700. If he could keep the truck clean, I know he had issues last week, but he's he's been a really solid play so far this year, averaging 24.3 points. Definitely going to have him on this team for the race. Um, next up here, uh, we're going to go with one of the Grays this week, Taylor Gray. Tanner and Taylor, you can swap them both out. Um, I think, you know, Tanner's obviously shown a lot of speed this year. A lot of people have, you know, think Taylor, though, has a pretty high upside. And he's done pretty good in his start so far in ARCA. And he's shown some flashes in his limited truck starts. 7,000, I think it's a decent play. Why not? I needed somebody a little bit lower to kind of get into here with some of these other guys. 9,800, we're going with Christian Eckes. I was torn between him and Ty Majeski. Some of Eckes's best performances have come at Gateway. In fact, um, Two of the most laps led, or was it, no, excuse me, four of his, two of his four most laps led in a truck race have come at Gateway. Um, Back in 2018, which might have actually been his first start, uh, he led 34 laps, and then in 2019, he led 57. Granted, those were both for KBM, but he does know how to get around this track. He also had a pull here in 2019. I think it's a pretty solid play. He's Possibly could get you a lot of points leading laps, fast laps, since it just seems like he has a knack for getting around this track. So Christian Eckes, 9,800, is going to be on the team. Um, Because I had to move pieces around, I really wanted to fit in Zane Smith. Getting an Eckes didn't allow that to happen. So I went with the next best option. That'd be Carson Hosevar, 10,000. Showed a lot of speed over the last couple weeks. Again, I think I would have rather have had Zane Smith, but... Just given what I had left to work with, we're going to go with Hosevar and then rounding out the team, John Hunter Nemechek. I think he could be an anchor. I think, you know, KBM's going to have a pretty good bounce back week. So he's the guy that I have rounding out the team. 11,400. But, you know, when, when you're as good as John Hunter in these, you know, truck races, that's that's what you're going to get. So a little interesting. I think it's one of the harder teams we have to put together at least for me so it'll be interesting comes race day what we'll be able to do with that um now moving on over to the xfinity series they're over in portland not a surprise at being a road course and him probably being the only driver to have any experience granted it was well over a decade ago aj allmendinger plus 200 
Ty Gibbs did win on a road course, a couple of road courses last year, actually. So not a surprise to see him at plus 400. But let's be honest here. I think, are we all going to agree AJ Allmendinger going to win this race? Do any of you guys think maybe it could be somebody else? Of course it could be somebody else. <laughs> Three starts happen. Someone makes a dive bomb, takes out AJ. But I don't think anyone will just straight up outrun him on speed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think someone. Oh, I think someone to really keep an eye on this weekend is actually going to be Noah Gregson. He, that team has been on uh, on fire lately. They just don't really necessarily have all the results to show for it with where they deserve to be running, which is saying something because they have been running very well. I think that he is a extremely underrated road course racer when it comes to the uh, stock car side of things. He has some experience outside of stock cars as well in the road courses that I think he could uh, use to his advantage and maybe be able to go put up a fight with someone like AJ. I know he uh, won Phoenix earlier this year, which that's another one of those ovals where you got the shifting going on and stuff, and sometimes the road ringers will run a little better at that type of oval, so I think it'd be interesting to see what Noah can do. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Noah does good. He has the, in the last eight races, so dating back to the road courses last year in Coda, he does have the second most top tens over that time period with five, only a couple of top fives to go along with it, but definitely has had some speed. But no, I mean, AJ is just every guy who you would consider had a chance to go out and just beat him. Ty Gibbs obviously could. He did it at Watkins Glen last year. Can't really say he necessarily did it at uh, the Daytona Road course last year. AJ got taken out of that race pretty early. But AJ has three wins, three second-place finishes in the last eight road courses. Two of those seconds were the guys who aren't in this race, one of them being to Ty Gibbs at Watkins Glen. Uh, I'm honestly kind of surprised he's even plus 200 and that Ty Gibbs is as close as he is as plus 400. Uh, I think AJ will very solidly win this race. So I don't know if this will change any of your guys' opinion about the race, but the weather, because it is a road course... Some chances of rain. Uh, looks like throughout the day it could fluctuate anywhere between thirty and sixty percent, roughly. Um, I don't think that's going to affect AJ. I think it might actually help Noah. If I remember correctly, he had a really good run at the Roval a couple years ago in the rain, so that that might be able to benefit him. But you know, weather possibly being a factor, that could really shake up who's running up front. I mean, it always, it always can. Rain always makes these uh, things a little crazy. I would say yes to that. Um, anybody deeper in the field that you guys might have an eye on? Because I think with us feeling like AJ, or even you can make a decent case for Noah, like uh, Jeremy said, who who do you think like deeper in the pack possibly could come out here and be a long shot? Because I think this is probably one where if you don't have an answer, I I don't blame you. It seems like it'd be pretty difficult. Yeah, one guy I went with, I certainly don't know that I'd put money on him because I don't think his odds are long enough. But one guy that wouldn't be shocked if he ran well is actually Brandon Jones. Uh, over the last eight road courses, he has the fourth best average finish of anyone who started more than one road course race in that time span at least of guys racing this weekend, uh, just been been solid at them. They, the, JGR definitely has been the team that's probably not quite as good as, as JRM, but just right behind them. Uh, although JRM's uh, strength hasn't necessarily come on some of these on the road courses or on the flatter tracks. So that is one guy, if there was a guy I was going to pick further down, that is one guy I don't uh, 
I don't hate his value at 2,500. I think uh, someone else a little deeper in the odds, well, quite a bit deeper than Brandon Jones. Uh, to keep an eye on this weekend could be uh, actually Jeremy Clements. It's been a while since he won that race uh, over in Road America, but I've just that team has been starting to get back into a form that they had maybe a few years ago where they were running pretty consistently fast, and that's when they won that race. They had fallen off for a couple of years there, but this year it just feels like he's getting back in the groove of things a little. Uh, maybe, I don't know, getting some better equipment, better support possibly. Uh, just be interesting to see if maybe he can reignite some of that road course magic and go contend for a win. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, they got to clean it up a little bit, but I think you're right in terms of the speed. That's definitely getting better. Um, would like to see them finish out the races, but you know, he's, they've had some bad luck. They've had a couple good runs that were ruined by incidents. Darlington's the one that really stands out in my mind where he had a potential to get a top 10 there at the end of the race. So I think you are right with Clements. The speed is building. It's a long shot, but that's the point of this pick, so it's not a bad one. Myself, I'm going to go with Jade Buford, plus 10,000, road course background. Also, he's kind of racing for his career at this point. This is probably going to be his last start in that car, so he has to do something. I think they're probably going to end up running a combination of Reddick and Austin Dillon. Reddick, very limited in terms of his restrictions until you get to the end of the regular season, so he might be in that car a lot moving forward. I'm sure they could also call on uh, Kazgrala, too, if they needed somebody else. So, Buford... Road course background could be his last start. He's got to do something. It's probably going to result in him wrecking. <laughs> but at plus 10,000, that's the person that I'd be looking at there. So going over to the head-to-heads in the Xfinity series, no featured matchups. So we're just going to pick a couple of the head-to-head matchups that we like and who we might like in them. Um, I know from what I'm seeing here, First one that sticks out to me, uh, Justin Allgaier, Josh Berry. Justin Allgaier, minus 130. Josh Berry, plus 110. Allgaier's won some road course races. Berry's had a few good runs, but he hasn't been able to contend like Allgaier has. So for me, I think that's an easy one, Justin Allgaier, in that matchup. I don't really like this matchup either way. Um, I mean... Algar, it's been a long time since he's won a road course. It was kind of in the time when the Xfinity guys just weren't as good as them as they are now. Uh, Barry, I don't remember what happened at Coda. I believe he had issues. Ran top 10 in a Jordan Anderson car at Mid-Ohio last year. Uh, They've kind of just been all over each other uh, the last couple of uh, races in general. Not, Not necessarily at the road courses, but... I'd probably narrow legal Algaier on this one. Although with the odds, Algaier being minus 130, Barry being plus 110, it's pretty close. Yeah, this is a uh, this is definitely a very tough one to pick. I mean, it, like you uh, referenced earlier, there was a chance of rain this weekend. And I don't know if Barry really has any experience racing in the rain. Allgaier does. So I think with as close as this is, I might just give Allgaier a nod there just based on that experience alone. And definitely has a lot more experience as a whole in the Xfinity car and especially with the road racing. And just, I don't, I don't know if this is the week where Barry can really outrun him as he has been for a few times this year. All right, Mark, any of the matchups that yeah, you like? I, <laughs> oh, he jumped I, right into it. <laughs> I like Sam Mayer over Josh Berry, actually. 
And it's going to be one of the only times that this is something that Sam Mayer actually has more experience than Josh Berry. And not significantly, but Sam Mayer did run a couple more road courses last year than Josh Berry did. Uh, Sam Mayer finished, I believe, fifth at Coda this year. And just has been a little bit better at the road courses, I would say. Uh, I think all those JRM guys, Gregson, if he can finish, will probably beat the rest of them. But the rest of them, I think, just in their finishes lately at road courses, they're all right next to each other. And with uh, Sam Mayer being plus 100 to Josh Berry's minus 120, I like Sam Mayer in this matchup. Yeah, no, um, it's a coin flip for me on that one. So I'll I'll keep it short and sweet here. I'll go with Mayor at the even money plus 100 because I, I think that could really go either way. So I feel it's a coin flip. Give me the even money. I know that's pretty quick and cut and dry there. Not exciting, but I'll take Sam Mayer. Yeah, I think I would uh, definitely lean Mayor over Barry here as well. I just don't have a lot of confidence in that 18 this week. Uh, I, I don't know if there's something I can quite point to it's more of just a gut feeling about that team this week just uh and they're obviously coming off of a really great week at charlotte and i just i don't know i feel like this is the kind of race that can break up that momentum a little and put them in for a rough day gotcha any uh of these head-to-head matchups that's sticking out to you uh so i was actually taking a look at the uh, noah gregson ty gibbs head-to-head um i think that one it's definitely a tough choice but i like the idea of picking noah gregson at plus 110 just because i think there's some pretty good value there i I mean i picked him as a potential threat to win the race i I think gregson is gonna be up front contending for the win this weekend so anytime you can get somebody above even money i think you definitely got to take a look at that yeah no i think uh i think i'm gonna lean that way too haven't really been impressed with ty gibbs recently not that he's been bad it's just that he's been behind the junior motorsports cars it's not like it was at the beginning of the year pretty much before that martinsville race actually where it looked like it was going to be him and then the jrm cars now feels like he's a step behind um i kind of want to lean gibbs just because i feel like he's a little bit better but it's close and given that Gregson's plus 110, I think I'm going to go with Noah on that one as well. If it rains, I'll go Gregson. If it doesn't, I'm going to go Gibbs. That's that's fair. You can, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. Whatever happens, whatever it's doing before the race, that's what we're going to lock you into. So if they start on dries, your pick's tie. If it's wet, you're going Gregson, at least for when we get back to this in the, the next episode. Taking a look at the fantasy teams this week, um, I think you were saying before we started recording, Mark, that uh, you had a wild one for this one, so I'm going to let you go first. So I have, leading off here, most expensive guy in the field, Ty Gibbs. Other, He's the only other driver that's in this race that's won a road course, since, other than AJ Allmendinger, obviously, since Justin Allgaier in 2018, which, again, in racing terms, might as well have been last century. Uh, won two races last year, one in his first start at the, the Daytona Road Course, but then went and won at Watkins Glen, which is very impressive. It's a track that AJ had a lot of experience at, someone like Cindric had a lot of experience at, and Ty still went out and won that race, with a lot of laps in it too. So he's definitely a good road course racer, so I have him in the team at 10,600. Obviously have AJ at 10,500, and quite frankly, I think AJ is a steal at that price. 
Uh, we see guys creeping. I mean, last week Kyle was what fourteen thousand in the truck series. Uh, I think that's the kind of beatdown AJ could put on them this weekend. Uh, it's ten thousand five hundred easy steal for AJ. I also have Noah Gregson at ten thousand three hundred. I think those three guys, just of the guys in the field, have been the best at road courses in the last two years, year and year and a quarter, I guess. I already mentioned this, but he has second most top tens of road courses over the last eight races with five of them. If they can keep it clean, I fully expect him to bring home another one. Uh, someone Brandon mentioned Jade Budford at 7,300. His only top 10 in the big machine records car was at Coda where he finished eighth. This is, as far as I'm aware, the only other race he's been announced to run. As Brandon mentioned, racing for his career. Uh, so I do expect him to go out there and get a good finish. Uh, at 6,300, making his Xfinity debut, I have Mason Filippi. He's racing a DGM car. They all qualified, I think, in the top 10. There were three of them at the time. Now there's only two. But I believe all three qualified at the top 10 at Coda. And all were in position to finish in the top 15 before Alex LeBay had an issue. But also, Mason Filippi is one of the few other drivers that has experience at this track. Uh, you running had to here. go digging for that one. <laughs> I, I did. Running three or four races here in a touring car. Uh, and I mean, the track like this, any kind of seat time is going to be valuable. So at 6,300, in the car that ran top 15 at Coda, value is definitely there. And then this bottom of the barrel, bottom, cheapest guy in the, in the series this week, Josh Williams, 4,700. Last year was obviously in a better car, was in one of those DGM cars. But averaged a 14th place finish across all the road courses last year. If the BJ McLeod car actually runs the whole race, I could see him bringing home top 20 finish. All right, that's I'm I'm impressed with some of those like <laughs> the, the Felipe pick. Like, oh man, that was I didn't even know there was somebody else other than AJ that had actual races here. So that's I, that's I good did to not know. I did not know wow. either. Wow, that's that's impressive. That's somebody to definitely. I might have to throw him on a couple teams. Uh, Jeremy, who you got on your fantasy team? So I uh, very similar to Mark here. I, I let off my lineup with Gibbs and Allmendinger as well. I mean, I think those are two of the heaviest hitters at the road courses in the series. Um, just, I mean, Allmendinger is definitely. I mean, ten thousand five hundred is high, obviously, but that's really good value for the guy that outright should go out there and dominate this race and definitely has the skill set to do so. Um, after those two, I actually made uh, mostly mid-pack plays. I uh, took Andy Lally and LeBay and Alex LeBay for uh, both similar reasons. They're just both guys with lots of road experience, good runs in the uh, stock cars at the road courses every time we go to them, I feel. Andy Lally, obviously a former cup rookie of the year, put all the asterisks you want. It's, it's still notable um that he won that so wasn't the worst one to get that yeah, award <laughs> definitely um someone to look at and then uh after that i have uh jeremy clements which that was my uh, dark horse pick this week i think that 51 team is definitely gonna uh show some more of that road road course spark that they've maybe been missing the last couple of years and the uh, last pick on this team i'm so happy to see back in decent equipment this week uh the uh, six car for JDM this week, Greg Alding. I uh, 
you know, probably not the best road racer, but he's another guy who's racing for a career. And I think he's a guy that deserves a career. He's shown a lot of talent and lesser equipment for a few years now. And I think this is a good opportunity for him to do that again. I, mean, I think we, we have somewhat similar teams. Um, I know I actually went just because moving pieces around, uh, settled on Scott Heckert. Again, this is kind of the situation I was in with the truck series. Probably not my number one choice that I wanted to go with to round out the team, but digging around with what was left, I had to make the move to go with him. Next up, we're going with Jade Buford, plus 7,300. I said it, Mark said it, racing for his career. It's going to be boomer bust with him. I think he's either going to bring it home and get a solid top 10, maybe even a top 5 finish, or he's going to be backwards in one of the walls that they have set up on the racetrack. It's... It's all or nothing with him, but sometimes you need guys like that when you're making a fantasy team. Uh, next up, I also have Alex LeBay, solid road course racer, 7700 not a bad price. I also have Andy Lally, so we're definitely thinking alike there. And then rounding out my team, we went with Noah Gregson and AJ Allmendinger. I'm going to be honest, I had trouble making this because this is one of those ones where you just the unknown and you want to try to work in as many possible road course ringers. You can make the argument really. I have like five. <laughs> you can call AJ a ringer, even though he's not, that's just how good he is at these tracks. I I'm with Mark. I expect him to just go out there and really put a whooping on the field. So I'm not feeling great about it. I'm probably going to keep doing work on this team, but for right now, those are the guys that I have going into the race on Saturday. All right, so that's going to wrap up Portland. Now we're going to jump back on a plane and go all the way back to Gateway, or what is it, Worldwide Technology Raceway? Is that what it's called now? Yep. Yeah. St. Louis is actually, like, where we're identifying it as now. Yeah, I saw some people say in St. Louis, but regardless, we, we know where the track is. <laughs> First time the Cup Series has ever been there. A track that's been on the NASCAR schedule for a while now, you know, started out back in the 90s, ran to 2010, did shut down, had a change of ownership. Um, they were able to bring it back, started out with some truck races, and now we got the Cup Series back there. Looking at the favorites for the race, can't really say it's a surprise. We have Kyle Larson, and he's Kyle Larson, so that's not shocking at all. And then Kyle Busch, who does have a win here in, I believe, the Xfinity Series, um, there are a lot of guys in this race uh, who have had track time here. Um, some of the more you know recent guys over the last couple of years coming up through the race and running in the truck series, and then some holdovers from before Gateway went off the schedule. You know, all the way back in the early two thousands. I don't know about you guys. I take a look at the list. <laughs> Even Larson and Kyle Busch, those aren't the guys I'm looking at. It's probably a little bit further down who are my picks, but uh, who are you guys looking at right now? Well, I mean, I think the odds of makers agree this with, I feel generally how most of us feel in that. There might be favorites here, but this race does feel pretty wide open. We have, looks like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, oh, ten guys between 800 and 1200 odds, which are a lot of guys in a pretty narrow window uh it's you know there's past experience to go off of and this track might run similar to like a phoenix maybe a richmond that's also kind of flat uh new hampshire although we won't get there till the end till a couple uh what next month 
Yeah, um, yeah that's why. I'm going to be honest. I know who you're going to pick, and I'm not picking that guy specifically because I know who you're, you're going to pick them. He'd probably have been my pick otherwise. But I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. Uh, plus 1,000. So right smack in the middle of that odds group. One here in the Truck Series in 2019. Uh, one of his only races here. And it's just, I mean, he's been probably the fastest guy, if not one of the fastest guys uh, this year. So Ross at plus 1,000 is my pick to win the race. He does have a truck win here, so I can't fault you for going with that. Uh, Jeremy, who you got? Well, I'm actually a little upset here because uh, Mark, you just pulled the rug out from under me here. Uh, I uh, I actually had it all set up and everything. I was going to go the whole racing redemption at his hands. The wheel's going to be still and perfect. <laughs> Ross Chastain is going to win this weekend at Gateway. But I, I will pick somebody else that I was considering picking just to keep it even here. Um, Tyler Raddick's going to win that first cup race this weekend. Uh, you can only keep coming so close over and over again before it's going to finally happen. So I'll say uh, he's going to be holding that wheel still imperfect and uh, come around the victory lane this weekend. That's a pretty solid pick. I I teased my pick earlier in the week, so for any of the few people that listened to us, if they were listening and then they went on DraftKings and they were taking a look at who's there, I'm going with Christopher Bell. Um, this is somebody who really seems to excel at these, you know, longer, flatter tracks. He has a win in the truck series here. I believe it was actually his first asphalt win in NASCAR. Um, he also really, really good at New Hampshire. If you look at his Xfinity stats and truck series stats at New Hampshire, that's somebody that he shows up there. He's actually three for three in the truck in the Xfinity series at New Hampshire. He's never lost a race. Um, very dominant there. He's led 430 out of 600 laps. So while this track's not a direct comparison to that, I just look at it and it really makes me go, yeah, this this is somebody who knows how to get around a similar track, at least the most similar one that I could think of. Um, again, he almost won New Hampshire last year. That race went, you know, the full eight laps. He might have been able to do it. So it, it's going to be interesting with him. He's been so fast over the last couple of weeks, and I I just think he knows how to get around here. And it's going to be interesting. Obviously, a completely different car, lots different competition than what he was used to in the truck series when he did run here in the truck series. But I picked him at the beginning of the year in like my way too early preseason predictions that I did <laughs> before we even got to January 1st to win this race. Plus 1,200. There's some decent money to be made there with him. It's probably going to be one of the bigger bets that I've made this season. I'm going to go with Christopher Bell, and I'm, I'm not going to think twice. That's my guy. That's who I think is going to win this race. Bell's been kind of Sam Mayer-esque, I'd say, so far. Uh, outside of Richmond, where he, he led a handful of laps, a lot of laps. Uh, he's has the speed. He's up there. He did a little bit more, but this is the kind of track that definitely suits him. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if he goes out there. It helps also for him that he's been qualifying very well. Uh, so should start near the front. And if he just dominates this race in one, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty confident about my pick. I might try to throw out a long shot, but what do you guys got for your long shot ones in this race? Uh, I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe at plus 2,500. Uh, was in a position to win last week. We all know what happened. 
Uh, but this track might run similar isk to Phoenix, which obviously Chase Briscoe won. Uh, he also finished second at this track in the Truck Series back in 2017. Uh, almost went with Harvick at plus 1600, but Briscoe's shown more speed this year than Harvick has. And uh, I mean, I just like Briscoe pays you more if you win. So didn't wound up going, winning, going with uh, Chase Briscoe here. Yeah, I've uh, I've got two long shots that I really want to take a look at here. It's just uh, you know, they're maybe not the best picks to win this week, but they're at their value, and with the way these two teams have been running, I think at least one of them are going to end up in victory lane before the end of the year, and that's Eric Jones and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I mean, both both of those teams have been firing off on all cylinders, especially that forty seven team as of late. I mean, they're absolutely on fire right now, and they had the second at Dover, which was really out of nowhere for a guy like Ricky. Uh, you don't really think of Dover as that track for him to go and run that well, I and mean, he's got four straight top tens right now. It was a eighth at Darlington, eighth at Kansas, and then seventh in the 600. I think uh, they're going to continue building on that momentum. And, you know, most people would probably say he's going to have to win Daytona to get in. But I, I don't know if I'd be so shocked if he won in one on one of these regular ovals somehow this year. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not a bad one. Because has definitely been a favorite of ours here ever since he got it turned around. Started just absolutely awful in terms of finishing the races after Fontana. But they've really rebounded, climbed up to, I think, 24th or 25th in points. And I mean, in terms of finishes, is in the middle of the best run of his career, uh, and I think the best run that JTG uh, has ever had. So, would not be surprised. Ran sim ran pretty good at the track, not necessarily as flat as Gateway, but Nashville's a, a flatter track. Ran ran pr pretty well there last year, so I would not be surprised to see him run well. And then, I mean, Eric Jones has also just been if Eric Jones could get the finishes that he deserves. Similar to Reddick and even Suarez, they'd be the well, well ahead of Harvick in the playoffs right now. And that forty-three team probably has deserved the race win already this year, and the same goes for that eight team as well. But uh, yeah, definitely, just a lot more speed than maybe we've seen in past years in that mid pack, and you can definitely see some of those guys jump up and take a bite out of that winner winning column. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like both those picks. Stenhouse has been really impressive. Eric Jones in his truck races at Gateway, while he doesn't have the finishes, he should have won here, I believe. I think it was in, I think actually both the years he was full-time in the truck series, or the one year, because he, he ran a bunch of races in 2014, but I think that's when he just turned 18. I don't think he was full-time yet, but he should have won that race. And if I remember correctly, I think he got taken out by uh, Jermaine Caroga. Totally butchering that name. He hasn't been in the sport in a while. Old Jermaine. Yes. Talk about random names. Yes, you're pretty, I know. You were pretty close to the pronunciation. I, I was I'm pretty close. Even, I'm not going to try, but you were pretty close. Yeah, so... Closer to my name's pronunciation, anyways. Eric Jones was in position to win that race, and he got taken out on a late restart, if I remember correctly. It was at, least very, at the very least late in the race. Um, the next year they went there, he led 84 laps, much more dominant than he was the year before. He was kind of there, you know, just with late yellows. That's how he got up there to potentially contend for the win in 2014. 2015, he was probably going to win that race, and he had electrical issues. So... 
two starts there. He could have went two for two. Then he showed up in 2016 kind of as a one-off for KBM. Started 17th, finished fifth. Didn't lead any laps, but ironically, that's his best finish there, even though that was probably the furthest he was from winning the race. So that Eric Jones pick, while he might not have the stats when you just look at it at first at Gateway in the lower series, he's definitely performed here. I'm going to go with the guy that won here in 2014 in the Truck Series is my long shot, though. Bubba Wallace. He led 85 out of 160 laps that day. Um, That was really, I think, probably like the biggest win to that point in his career. I think it was only his second career win. He had that one win at Martinsville the year before. But I think that was the one that really started to get him momentum. If not there, probably Eldora a little bit later in that season. But with the speed that the 23 shown, obviously they have to clean it up on pit road and not mess up their strategy calls. Hopefully he doesn't get in a wreck, and then they try to just, you know, baby it for a couple laps <laughs> while they're on the caution, or not the caution clock, the uh, damage, damage you ba- clock. You basically hope they don't yeah. get DVP'd yeah, while having almost no up. damage. Don't, don't mess up. Don't mess up, guys. You have the speed. You've showed it over the last couple weeks. Bubba seems like he's pretty good here. Plus 6,000. You know, that's... That's somebody, I mean, I like Christopher Bell already. He's in the Toyota. I like Bubba Wallace. He's in the Toyota. I think they're really beginning to catch up to the Chevys. This is a pretty good measuring stick for that manufacturer as a whole to see. Like, let's see if it's everywhere, is, not necessarily yeah, the mile and a half. Definitely the track. Because, like, obviously, Toyota's had speed at Richmond. But at Phoenix, they, they didn't really have that much speed at all. Mm-hmm. So this will be a, a good stretch to to go to. Uh, funny enough, our three three of our picks, obviously... Uh, Jeremy had Jones and Senhouse, but Senhouse hasn't raced here. So, of the three value picks we have that have raced here, uh, Jones has led 88 laps, Briscoe's led 88 laps, Bubba's led 85 laps. So, they, they've all led very close to the same amount of laps. Different amount of starts, but mm-hmm. just an interesting thing I noted. Uh, I mean, Briscoe and Jones have the second most laps led here in the truck series without a win, uh, only behind actually Christian Eckes. So, yeah, that's that's another guy. At least I mentioned. So yeah, funny enough, doesn't can't finish a race here to save his life, but runs good. I will say, Ricky Stenhouse has raced here at Gateway. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. hasn't. He hasn't say, I was gonna, in the Xfinity I, series. The Xfinity he hasn't let any yeah. laps though. No. <laughs> so he kind of would ruin their, that. That was the last year there, right? Um, yeah, he also ran there in 2019, but he did run both races there in 2010. He did actually get a top ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? 19. Yeah, 2009. Um, and then he ran both races in 2010 as well. Uh, again, did get a ninth place finish. And that was, you know, before Ricky really started figuring it out when it comes to the Xfinity series. That's actually a decent run for the point he was at in his career there. But again, no laps led. I was really hoping when I pulled it up because I did think he did run here before. I was like hoping he was at like 84 laps led. That'd have been great if they were all just right there. <laughs> over the course of all those series. Um, Looking at the driver props, again, no featured matchups, just head-to-head matchups. My phone is not cooperating with me, so I'm going to let Mark go first here and uh, pick which one he likes. The one I like the most, and it's going to be stealing the one you probably would have picked, Christopher Bell over Alex Bowman. Uh, Bell's had more speed lately, not necessarily by a ton, but definitely had more speed lately. And I mean, this is just the kind of track that Christopher Bell, you would expect him to dominate at. So that's my uh, favorite one and one I'm going with here, Bell over. Yeah, I mean, I know 
Jeremy might be able to bust out some Alex Bowman stats that might sway me a little bit. But well, too I bad feel you picked like, Bell to win. So you I, 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 that's true. That is a good point. But I, I was just going to mention that Bowman, if there's like a weak spot, like I've gone to the New Hampshire races, you know, like every year, and he just he hasn't really impressed me. There was one year he was it's on his third backup car. Not his fault that he was on his third backup car, but he just seems – he almost seems cursed at these types of tracks. So Those seem similar – Phoenix, outside of that one, that first start, I don't know what <laughs> magic happened then, but outside of that start, it does seem similar at Phoenix as well. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I'm locked into Bell, so I can't do anything. But <sighs> Jeremy, are you going to go with your boy Alex Bowman, or so that, that are 48 you team is on fire right now, <laughs> in in all the wrong ways? Oh <laughs> man! So I I just can't consciously pick as painful as it may be Bowman in this matchup. I mean, they were god awful in the all-star race the entire weekend. They were pretty good on Saturday this past weekend, but they just missed it. I, it's getting to that time of year again, where Ives just seems to miss setups every week or something, or, you know, maybe it is the driver. Maybe he struggles a little in the summertime. I, I really don't know. They've just definitely been struggling though. I mean, this has been this, best season of his career statistically it just doesn't feel like it it's, it's been very awkward i mean mark, mark bust out the stat what was it maybe you didn't mention the last episode i know what you're talking about but he has the second best average yeah no i think series. we were just arguing last yeah. night but he yeah. has the second best average finish in the series right now it doesn't but feel just... like he's been that good Hendrick, I just feel like has always just slumped in the summer. Well, I, I definitely that was something else. Like I, you know, you're talking about Toyota closing the gap on Chevy. I actually think right now I would say that Gibbs as a whole organization is ahead of Hendrick. I and, don't. It's hard to say. Chase obviously had a real good car at the 600, as did um, Larson. Larson. Byron lost a tire leading at Kansas. Chase was running up into the top five when he also lost tire. Larson almost won the race. I just wish we could get through a clean race with both of them to really see. But they're, just, they're real close to each other. I, I don't know if Hendrick's the top Chevy team right now. And that's where it becomes really hard for me to say they're better than Gibbs. Because I think, you know, blow to blow right now. And it's only a two-car team, so it's a lesser well, I mean, sample size. But I think Trackhouse the last couple races, Trackhouse yeah. is probably the best team in the series. The, but I mean, they had they, they, their cars could have finished one, two last weekend. And I don't remember where Chastain was running at Kansas, but Suarez was running up in the I, top five when he had his issues. So I think it's a lot of the series is catching up with Hendrick here because even SHR is starting to look a little bit closer than they did. So I, I think a lot of the uh, teams are starting I mean, to figure out the cars a little more, and Hendrick I, is kind of stagnant. I'm, I I'm swear out the boards. I swear the Fords, they just flip a coin, and one week Penske sucks, and the next week SHR I'm, sucks. I'm still out on SHR. They were absent at the all-star race and i mean almarola i don't think was involved in really involved in a crash at all last weekend and was basically invisible the whole time harvick got up there after everyone wrecked and i mean custer ran very good and briscoe did but you know that was because of the sponsor though yeah he was powered by chicken cock whiskey (laughs) um somebody should have told michael waltrip that's all he needed in his car and not jet fuel hms definitely needs to clean up their races, but I still think they're right there with their speed. But also during the summers, they always just seem to slump. Back in last year, the only races they won in the summer months were after Nashville, were road courses up until when did who won the first non-road course for Hendrick after Nashville? Why do I? I feel like it would have been Larson. 
I feel like it would have been Larson in the playoffs. I feel like he had so five wins they, going they into just the playoffs. Saw in, in 07, yeah. they didn't win a single race between Pocono and Fontana, which is two, it's after two and a half months after, after Nashville last year, other than the road It would have been the next week. Cause yeah, after, no, Pocono, after Pocono, then after Pocono. Yeah. After Pocono, yeah. then after yeah. Pocono. Yeah. After, after Pocono, yeah. like they were, they were contending, but I don't know that they won any in that time. No, they didn't span. win again until Bristol. So they, uh, they have speed. They just slump in terms of wins. If that happened in 07 between Pocono and I think Fontana in actually it might've been Bristol in 07, they didn't win any races. And two months is a long time when you're a team that wins almost half the races. Like, two months to still win as many races as they did in both of those years is, is a long time to not win any ovals. So, they just... I don't know. Before, I always just blame Tony Stewart, but he doesn't race anymore. So, I don't know. They just always kind of slump in the summer, and then they get it They get it back in the playoffs. So, I would not be surprised if outside of road courses, Hendrick goes on. I mean, even on road courses, to be honest, if Hendrick goes in a bit of a slump here. But they'll, they'll find it. They always do. Uh... All right, so uh, Jeremy, who who do you like um, in terms of a matchup that you have circled? Anybody stick out for you on there? Uh, so I was going to go with one of the Bowman ones uh, against Bowman, but we already hit that. So um, let's, uh, let's see, look at the slate this week. Um, I really like this one quite a bit. So you have uh, Chase Briscoe matched up with his teammate Kevin Harvick, both at minus 110. I think that's a pretty slam dunk pick with Briscoe. I just... All in all, Briscoe has been the best driver at SHR this year. Harvick has honestly not been close. I, I, you could even put Eric Omarola ahead of him right now. It, so when you're, you're coming to a place like Gateway, like I just Briscoe's been really good. I just don't see Harvick beating him heads up this week. The one knock I have against Briscoe is just obvious is being able to finish the race. Obviously. They got a top 10 last weekend, although that was mostly just because everyone else was wrecked. But that was his first top five since his win at Phoenix. Mm -hmm. uh, if Briscoe finishes where he runs, I expect him to beat Harvick. And I, I am picking Briscoe in this head-to-head, -head, but I would not be surprised if Harvick won. Harvick is, has been better at getting the finish out of the car than Briscoe. I think it's, right now, I think Harvick is ahead of him in points, and it has a lot to do with that. Just Harvick gets the finish. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I'm I'm with Mark though. It's it just comes down to can he keep the car clean? Briscoe's definitely been the fastest driver at Stuart Haas this year. I don't know if you would say he's been the best, and that just comes down to the issues he's had finishing races. But you know, from a betting standpoint, because you do have to look at it from that aspect as well. Here, they're both at minus one ten. So give me the faster guy. Give me Chase Briscoe. I'm gonna roll with him in this one. As for my pick, uh, just scrolling through, because there is a lot here under the regular driver props. Um, pretty easy one. Not the best payout. Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola. Give me Kurt Busch at minus 125 over Amarola at plus 105. Even with Amarola being better than even money, I think in terms of the way these teams are going, they're going in opposite directions. Uh, Kurt, you know, he did get caught up in a wreck last week, but speed-wise, they're looking really good right now. Amarola, they seem to be backpedaling. He's currently out of a playoff spot now. I don't expect him to be in the playoffs. Granted, Tyler Reddick is the guy in front of him right now, so could Reddick wad it up in, like, turn one on lap 62 this race? 
and Amarola jumped back in. Yeah, while leading. Like, I mean, yeah, no, exactly. Like, that could happen. So Amarola might end up, you know, for a week or two being back in the playoffs. I don't expect him to be there comes the end of the regular season. Kurt Busch already in, showing more speed. I'm going to take Kurt in that one. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to go Eric here. Um, I like... I, I try to lean towards the more money to be made typically in these head-to-head matchups just because value-wise, I think that there's just always more there. Uh, Amarola, although it may now be mathematically impossible, he's still swinging for defenses, trying to get that uh, all-time top 10s in a season record. I'll take that away from Gordon. But um, he, he won, won New Hampshire last year. I mean... Definitely going to be a similar-ish race, probably, in terms of the way the cars drive here. Uh, I think he looked okay earlier this year at Phoenix. Just, um, I mean, I, I could definitely see him outrunning Kurt here this week. I just, you know, that last season, those the people who are running in their last season seem to just find a way to kind of squeeze out something, you know, a win here or somewhere. If this, you know, this is one of those weeks where maybe Eric could squeeze out that last win, get his last moment in the uh, sunshine before he uh, calls it quits at the end of the year. I was 50-50 on this one for a lot of the reasons that that Cap or that Jeremy said. Um, I mean, it's just Eric Amarola did win on a track that is pretty similar. Hopefully, maybe we'll see in New Hampshire. And if Jeremy had picked Kurt Busch. I was going to go with Eric Almarola, but instead I flipped a coin and it landed on Kurt Busch. So I'm picking Kurt Busch here. <laughs> uh, uh, so we're, we're following the coin then on that one. Yep. One, <laughs> one last one I wanted to do just cause this one is uh, pretty interesting to me as well. Uh, Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick. And uh, personally, I'm going to go Briscoe here, but this one is, is in my opinion, pretty close. I'm going to actually lean Reddick here. I mean, I, I picked him earlier as, like, you know, a guy that could definitely go out here and win this race. I, I've i seen, like, personally, I feel like I've noticed a bit of a trend with these guys who, like, they're knocking on the door of the first win. Sometimes, I, I, I actually, I would say a lot of the times it feels like that win comes at a track where you weren't expecting it. And I think that might have something to do with the mental state of the driver is where they're not expecting themselves to go out there and win is the race that they're most likely to finally piece it together and actually get it done. We've so, been joking for a while that and now not in a track like this, but in a similar vein, Reddick's gonna get his first win at Talladega at a track that has nothing to do really with his driver's skill. Uh so we definitely somewhat agree with, with that idea. Just like when you imagine Reddick, you imagine the mile and a half, the Darlingtons, the Bristols, just ripping that wall all night, keeping a car as wound up as you can so i think you come here where you're going to be more disciplined with the throttle it's going to be much more of a finesse race i think reddick probably won't have the pressure on himself that he maybe carries on his shoulders at some other tracks and might be able to finish one of these strong performances off finally you know, you, you almost swayed me into reddick but my gut just tells me he's gonna wreck because he just got himself back into the playoffs so he doesn't like making it easy on himself I, my God, again, it's just, I feel like something's going to happen to him for whatever reason this week. Am I going to play him on some fantasy team? Sure. Am I maybe going to look at him live betting the race if he hasn't wrecked yet? Possibly. But for this head-to-head matchup, 
not that it's really much safer of a, a pick. <laughs> I'll go with Chase Briscoe. Um, again, I just, I don't know, man. Something tells me that Reddick's going to have problems. Probably won't be his fault. It'll probably be something stupid like, oh, there's oil on the track. And he hits it and goes up into the wall. Kind of like Casey Kane at Dover when it looked like he was going to get his first win in 2004. It's just, I sense a real dumb incident coming for Tyler Reddick this week. My gut's definitely been pretty spot on this week, so that can be the last little desperation to maybe sway your opinion. We'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get off here, and I'll be like, "Damn, I gotta, I gotta change it over to Tyler Reddick." But for, for right now, we're gonna go with Chase Briscoe. Um, Tyler Reddick, because I had to double check to make sure, or else I'd be scrambling to change my change my fantasy team. Good thing I go after you guys. I do not have him on my team, but who do you guys like for fantasy this week at Gateway? Leading off my team is Kyle Larson, 11,300. Uh, he's on the team because he's Kyle Larson. Uh, I mean, he's just, he can go out to any of his tracks, he can win. He tried to wreck a billion times last Sunday and uh, ultimately did and still finished in the top 10, uh, but somehow found himself in a position to win that race late in the race. And if Chase Briscoe didn't Briscoe it, uh, Kyle Larson would have very likely walked away with another win because I don't think Chase Briscoe was... He had his one opportunity the lap or two before where he was probably clear, didn't take that opportunity, and he wasn't going to get another one. So I have him here leading off, leading off 11,300. Second, Christopher Bell, 9,200. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about him. I'm not going to talk a whole bunch, but just Brandon Wilgood here has already won here. So Kevin Harvick, 8,500. He does have the most experience here in terms of number of starts of any of the guys here. Also has the most wins. Has three here. Last one was a long time ago, back in 2010 in the trucks. But he does have a lot of experience here. Has shown a little bit more speed as of late. Still the inconsistency with Fords. But I, I think he could be a pretty solid play here at 8,500. Uh, Chase Briscoe, 7,800. Talked about him a lot as well. Like you already mentioned, ran obviously ran with Phoenix who won the race. And I think of the tracks that we've gone to already, that's probably going to end up being the most similar, uh, though certainly not exactly the same. And finished second in his only start here back in 2017. Uh, Bubba Wallace, someone Brandon already mentioned, won here in his only start here. Uh, 100% win percentage here. Try to keep it at 100%. Uh, but back in 2014, and he, they've had a lot of speed in recent weeks. And at 6,700, if they can finish where the speed has been, uh, the value there is great. Uh, closing off the team, Chris Buescher, 6,500. They have had a good amount of speed the last couple of weeks. And he's actually had top 15s in all the flat tracks we've been to this year. Obviously, they all race incredibly different. Phoenix, Martinsville, and Richmond. But he has had a top 15 in all of them. Uh, was likely headed to a top 15 at the bare minimum last week before being tumbling through the infield or through the, the infield grass. So well, uh, I think he could get another good run here. All right. Uh, Jeremy, what's your team looking like? Uh, so I opened up with Kyle Bush this week. You know, this race um, has one of those feels to me where it could just be good old KFB coming out there and, Given the good old, given the uh, series of whooping, I feel like we've been due for one for a while now. Uh, he about uh, stole that 600 win. Ultimately, Denny Hamlin stole it, but uh, 
I think they're knocking on the door of winning another race pretty soon here. I think this could definitely be a weekend where they do it. Uh, after him, I went Ross Chastain. You know, just the one car speed has been beyond phenomenal this year, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. The consistency that team has found is, you know, mind-boggling, to say the least, because it's the type of thing that you expect out of your Hendricks and your Gibbs, and for a small team that's only in their second season here, it's just just it's so impressive what they're doing right now, and I feel like he's a pick every week that is going to be able to go and get you some good points. After that, I um jump a good bit down the uh, ladder to Kurt Busch. The uh, 23XI group has shown some really good speed as well. I mean, along with the Gibbs cars, it's just, you know, Kurt is one of those old-school race car drivers, can really muscle a car around a racetrack. So I think coming to a place like this where I think the drivers are really going to be on display, he's a pretty good pick. After that, I had uh, Chase Briscoe. Briscoe uh, won Phoenix earlier this year. Definitely the most similar track we've raced on. Just uh, at that price range, thought it was a pretty good pick. See what he can do this weekend. From uh, just under him, I had uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That team's been on a roll right now. Just the speed, week in, week out, has been really good. I think it's a pretty safe pick there for the price range. And then uh, to round out my team, I actually picked Harrison Burton at 5,300 this week. They, uh, it's obviously good equipment. Uh, Harrison has one, one race here in the trucks. He actually ran pretty well. Uh, he didn't get the finish he deserved, if I recall, but I remember him running borderline top five that entire night. I think he'll uh, definitely have one of his better runs of his rookie season here this week. I think that is a bold pick on Harrison Burton, but he has looked a lot better over the last couple weeks. So given how fantasy works, if he needs somebody to keep the salary down, I think that's actually not a bad play. As for my team, we're going to start out with Mr. Top 20 himself, Ty Dillon. Uh, still very impressed with what he's been able to do. I think he was the only car not involved in an incident during the Coke 600 last week. Ended up bringing it home in 13th. Uh, story of his year, just keeping the car clean. Top 20s, it's not going to get him to the playoffs, but given what we've seen from Ty Dillon in the past at the cup level... By far his best year, averaging 28.2 fantasy points right now per race. I expect him to keep doing that at Gateway, and he's only 5,500. So until they start up in the price, he's a very good field filler in terms of your fantasy lineup. Uh, next up, we're going to go with Bubba Wallace, 6,700. Again, one of the guys that I have circled as a dark horse pick. He's won here before. Given the speed that that team has shown, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, next up. Eric Jones, 7,300. Again, I think both of you guys mentioned him. Somebody that's run good here in the past. He's shown a lot of speed again so far this year. And given the price point, another easy one to keep it down so you can go after the higher guys. Uh, for me, Christopher Bell, 9,200. I picked him to win the race. I think he's the guy that potentially could lay a whooping on the field this week. I just really like him at these types of tracks. Ross Chastain, 10,000 next up on my team. Again, I'm I'm with Jeremy on this one with how much speed that, that one car has shown at pretty much every track it's gone to. It's hard not to pick him. He's, he's kind of sliding into, you know, that Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick territory where he's struggling to finish races. Not anywhere close to that. It's something I do worry about a little bit, though. But I'm just going to roll with how fast they've been. So. 
10,000. He's on there. And then rounding out the team, Kyle Busch, 10,900. I really like the Toyotas this week. I think they're really going to show you something at a, a non-mile-and-a-half track. And if it's not Christopher Bell leading the way, I think it's going to be Kyle Busch. I think there's a very good shot those guys might be the ones contending for the win. And then hopefully Ross Chastain's right behind, along with Eric Jones and Bubba, and Ross Ch- and, uh, Ty Dillon can finish, like, 15th. And I can walk away with all the money. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be perfect. But that wraps up the fantasy portion. Um, you guys have any closing thoughts on this weekend between any of the races? Anything we haven't touched about you want to mention before we sign off? Yeah, well, one thing I just wanted us to discuss real quick, since there are three of us here, is what what do we think the stages should be in terms of general length? Because they actually changed the length of the Truck Series stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this weekend, it was initially going to be, and this I did not notice this before. I hope this was a placeholder because this would have been completely asinine. Uh, 55, 55, 50, and they changed it to 35, 35, 90. And that I think is way better. Yeah, I know for me, like the third stage has to be the longest one in my opinion. Period. I think period yeah. mm-hmm. without a doubt. Has to be the longest one. If if you want to make them equal or have a short stage and then a longer stage, you know, kind of mix up the differences between stage 1 and 2, I'm fine with that. But the the number one thing for me is the third stage has to be long the longest. I think I lean a little bit towards keeping them even. Uh, that's just my preference. All, you have all three even, even or the no, first no, no. two even? The, the first two even. So okay. the first two even, and then you have the third one longer. That's probably my preference, but you could probably sway me into mixing up the first two stage lengths if you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of the easy answer here, but uh, my preferred stage length is non-existent. Well, sure, <laughs> but, but if we I have know to that's have not going to happen. Yeah, I... I honestly, if we have to have them, would prefer that they both stay on the shorter side of things and give us a nice, long final stage, run the race, you know, good chance at green flag stops, make the driver save their equipment, stay on top of the car throughout the run. I think that's where you really see who the most talented race car drivers are. So anytime you can optimize that is definitely a preferred choice of mine. I think my my preference personally would be as close to possible as a quarter of the race, a quarter of the race, half the race for the stage length. Yeah. I mean, I I would love it if, like, it, it was something probably, like, in that, like, at least the last stage being, like, half the race. I don't know. Just I, I like having those long green flag runs. That's probably the one thing I don't like about the 600 is that the way they break it up, having the fourth stage in there. Like, I know some people like it because it's all even and it's like four quarters, like, you know, football or basketball, other stick and ball sports, whatever. I, I wish they had like a extra long stage. Like, I, I kind of wish like the 600 granted, like it's it's special. That's why they do it for. But I'd much prefer it if it was like a, a hundred, hundred, two hundred. I just like having that longer stage at the end. I I think that's more fun, and you know you possibly see more strategies play out depending on how the yellow flags break down. Yeah, it just the stages, especially when they wind up being shorter, just kill so much of the strategy options that I don't know. It just makes the racing less exciting. I think personally, it's I don't want to go so far as to say it's ruined road course racing, but it's pretty close. Yeah, 
yeah, it's it's definitely hurt it, that's for sure. Uh, Jeremy, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely wasn't even really thinking Portland when we were talking about this, but yeah, the, the road racing with those stages is... Oh. It needs to be fixed. I know you. But, you have another one now too, Mark. Yeah, no, I, know. Well, I don't hate this as much as some of you do. I do. You did mention, ask this earlier. We will have the, from what I've read, the adjusted pit stop right uh, format for Portland. So, so that that makes more sense than this week. But like in your normal given week, the like just look at the Sonoma races, for example. Oh, it's killed the Sonoma, Sonoma races, it, it's, in my opinion. It's my hometown track. I some love of the, the race worst itself. racing that we have now, and it, yeah. it sucks because Sonoma's put on some phenomenal racing throughout the years, and we do get the the short shoot back. So, which I'm excited about that. I, I feel like the short shoot creates two really high action corners that we otherwise I, don't really have. I, I like the bring back the carousel for a year, just as like a kind of a historic ode to what it used to be, and it was. Cool to have been to to the carousel race, but the short shoot just provides better racing. You get that great shot. I don't know what turn number it is, but when they're coming up to it and they fly over the curb, mm-hmm. and then they shoot down there, and it's a good br- and any the more braking zones you have, the better. So I think, I think it'll be a. It also is like the uh, turn seven area, which mm-hmm. is a hairpin on either format of the track. I think with the short shoot. It creates a better passing a, zone mm-hmm. than the other air, other form. It, of that it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Um, no, I mean Sonoma was always like Watkins is a Glen. I feel like the stages haven't changed that much because it never really ended up being. A, I mean, it did a couple times, but it wasn't as like every Sonoma race was a strategy race. Two stops or four stops, or three stops. I mean, sorry, two stops or three stops. Which one's going to work? Is the caution going to come out in the middle of it and really benefit someone like Tony Stewart? Uh, and it just it took that away, and that was that was always fun. Mm-hmm. So I personally think the stages with cautions are better than without cautions for the ovals. Uh, it gives us a very natural commercial break that can be leveraged to give us less commercials. Whether or not it does is up for debate. But at road courses, just just get rid of them. Just get rid of the the cautions. You want to leave the stages? That's fine. But just get rid of the cautions. Mm-hmm. Or you you could even leave in the cautions for the stages at road courses. Maybe just do like one stage though, and like maybe like a halfway break. Like people have thrown that out there. I think that'd be more reasonable for the road racing. Well, it's Sonoma. It still, I feel like wouldn't change a lot. But because you want you want to have those long. That thing we've. I mean, right. The last couple, not last year, but the two Sonoma races. I think before that, obviously without stage break, something could have happened. But those were the only cautions we had were the stage cautions. So I remember when Juan won in 07, it was always going to have enough gaps on this pit strategy. And there were a couple of times Robbie Gordon was in a good position and the strategy just didn't work out. And we just don't get that anymore. And I miss it. Yeah. Um. As for me, just one closing thought, you know, I, I like the idea of you know expanding the tracks you go to portland might be a great race i think you have to find a way before we even go there i think you have to find a way to make this you know better financially for the xfinity teams that's something oh, you have, that yeah you have the cups cup cars there well yeah give us, yeah, give us a second give us a second west coast swing i would 
Maybe not this year, just because of the timing, but I absolutely would fly up to Portland for a cup and Xfinity race, but I'm not going to fly up there for an Xfinity race. Right. And, like, I don't think a lot of people are going to go to just an Xfinity race. Great. There's probably a lot like, more I going am, on. This I weekend. am all for standalone Xfinity and truck races. They should be not at road courses. I don't, like, I don't even think they should go to Mid-Ohio unless the cup cars go there. Like, I'm okay Mid-Ohio with them going not, to road courses, just not all the way across the country. No, well, if Mid-Ohio is, is more okay just because it's closer. But you want standalone events, I think that's where you need to leverage. Like, the whole argument against some of these shorter tracks that we all want them to go to is that it can't house the fans. But if it can house 15,000 people, I think that's a fine crowd for a truck race. I don't even know if the truck races always reach 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think we should be leveraging the standalone events for. Even something like uh, Knoxville is fine. I don't think we should be going there, but it's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that driving, in a couple weeks. <laughs> driving on the other side of the country for a road course for the Xfinity series. I mean, I've argued they shouldn't, they should add another race to the Sonoma swing because it's dumb to go all the way out for one race. And now they're making the trucks do it too. And as much as I wanted the trucks or Xfinity uh, cars to go there, it still just makes sense if there's another race they go to I, along the way. The easy solution with that one is just put it in the West Coast swing at the beginning of the year. The I don't, track yeah, I don't, is so much more beautiful during that time oh, of year. Like the scenery I, would be Yeah, we could see the scenery absolutely. and the sheep. They, the sheep got saved today. Did you guys see that? Yeah, there, yes, there, there was, was a fire. fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you shouldn't be racing there this time of year. I, I no, like... I, it, it did cross my mind. They're legitimately fire season starts earlier and earlier in yeah. California. There legitimately could be a year this race gets delayed due to a fire. These cars could even start a fire. I mean, yeah, it's once. not that far fetched. Like <laughs> they crash into like, the right area. There's a little bit of an oil spill, gets ignited, could get a whole like hill on fire in the matter of seconds, and then what do they do? I, like I don't, I don't know how feasible it is to do four races in a swing without going back to the shops. But if it can happen, they should do it. Mm-hmm. I think if you end at the road course, it's feasible. And they shouldn't make the trucks come out here just for Vegas either that's also stupid yeah, i think there's probably a way you could swing it where you go i don't know maybe you go out to sonoma as like the second race of the year and then you go to vegas maybe at least that would make sense for the trucks because then you, they're out there two weeks so that's that's possible anything is better than making these guys go across the country for one race and they're losing money this weekend Oh, the, the oh absolutely yeah, 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 hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, not your top end teams, but like I'm your honestly, teams that are I'm, counting nickels, trying to make make it through the season, like make a name for themselves. This is horrible for them. Like I don't know if if we just have forty cars that are attempting or thirty eight cars that are attempting to be full time, which I imagine we are. I'm surprised though there are even thirty eight. Mm-hmm. I imagine they must all be full time because otherwise, cause there's no. The 88 runs at most of these road courses. No 88 from Miguel Pluto this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a surprise. You would have think they would have showed up. They don't have to worry about qualifying getting rained out since it's a road course. He would have made the race no problem. So that is a bit interesting. Pro- probably just comes down to money at the end of the day. And then not enough money's there to go and have him run out on the West Coast. But yeah, I'm interested to see how that race plays out. Because if it is really good, it wouldn't shock me at some point if they got a cup race. But if this is something where you know the product's not good, they might ax it after. I one mean, the year. Pacific, the Pacific Northwest is certainly an untapped market. How much? Oh, it's been for years. How much you know 
stadium value there still is there. Who knows? But mm-hmm. there, need, there could be something up there. I would not be opposed to mm-hmm. it being Portland, but it should not be Portland for an Xfinity race. Shouldn't right. be any just Xfinity or truck race, period. I mean, it's not but, it's not 1998 anymore because I know the truck series did go out there. Way well, yeah, no, it's a different, yeah, totally different. Yeah, I've, I've done these teams. I've done the research on the Portland market for sports specifically uh, in the past, and was, Portland is the biggest untapped market for what it could be for professional sports in America. It, it is a big metro, and it does not get the attention it deserves for sports. So, I mean, absolutely having a race weekend there could be great for a sport. It's just the product on the track needs to match the excitement around the race for it to mm-hmm. succeed. And that, and that's where the big question mark lies, especially with a track like Portland. Cause it's a, it's an interesting road course. It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite fit your typical mold. When you look at like the road courses, NASCAR typically kind of tends to lean around towards, but also with the next gen car and stuff, NASCAR is not leaning into those trends anymore. We're starting to lean out of those trends. So maybe Portland can be one of those perfect stepping stones that NASCAR can really take to elevate its portfolio and expand its horizons. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd agree with that. I'm, I know some people, is, is Portland considered a street course? Because I know some people do consider it a street course, but I don't know if it actually falls in that specifically. Does IndyCar run there this year? IndyCar does. It looks like IndyCar classifies it as, as a road course. I was going to say, we can yeah. look at that million-dollar challenge, and I'll yeah. tell you, that would be a good way to get an answer. There's some people that talk about it, and they're like, oh, it's a street course. And like, I, never, I kind of feel like it falls Definitely in race that. race is like one. Yeah, it, it kind of falls in that area where, like, Montreal, technically, because there's, like, one public road on that track. Yeah. Some people say it's a street course, but it's it's not. But, yeah, it's... I, I, you know, I'm happy I have the weekend or that day, Saturday free, anyways, because I do want to watch that race because it's going to be very interesting. And depending how it plays out, you possibly could see a Cup Series race there in the near future. Yeah, it does. By the way, look like there are 38 full-time Xfinity teams. Uh, so I imagine those are the 38 that bothered to show up this weekend. Gotcha. All right. Well, that should be a fun weekend from Gateway to Portland. Can't wait. I think we're going to have some exciting AJ gets to do the double. Yeah, AJ. It'll be exciting to see Ben Rhodes in a uh, cup car. Just practice, but just see where that talent kind of lines up. See uh, what he can do in that car. See if he's way off the pace. or I know he did a race last year, but it was a road course, I think. I don't think he's ever done anything on an oval. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was at Sonoma. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was in a Spire car. And this is definitely better equipment than that. So it'll yeah, be... yeah. Well, especially just... especially last year's Spire equipment. Oh yeah, <laughs> it'll just yeah. be nice to see a guy like that who maybe hasn't had the most chances. In yeah, his career. He, I mean, he's it, he doesn't feel as young as he is because he's been around the truck series for so long. But I mean, he is still only twenty five. He's There's got still time. Certainly yeah. time. Not a lot, but there is still certainly time. He's definitely, up, so. I mean, we'll see him in the Xfinity series before all said and done. I feel like that's a guarantee at this point. Like, I mean, Austin eventually. Hill got moved up. I right. didn't think Austin Hill was going to get moved up. Oh, so and I, and I think yeah. it'll be the same organization, if we're being blunt here, that oh. Ben Rhodes would get a shot at. Oh. I, mean, I could, oh. I could oh. see it being colleague. If, that, if yeah, that too. it's definitely going to be something on the RCR spectrum. It could even be big machine. I mean, you could see him in that 48 car somewhat, maybe even before the end of this year. We're still looking yeah. for drivers to fill those slots. 
They can't so, use Tyler Reddick for every race. They're going right. to need somebody in the playoffs. Ben Rhodes I don't... could be a perfect person to put in that 48 car. For given, given how the truck series schedule shapes up at the end of the year, there's a lot of off weekends there. I was going to say, I don't know if Thor Sport will have him running Xfinity races while he's in the playoffs, but there's so many off weeks at the end of that truck schedule. That possibly could work out if they wanted to give him a shot. That's you actually a really good opening. manufacturer isn't a barrier at this point, so... Yeah, I mean, at this point, too, I mean, if he's going to make that move next year and he's going to go in that direction, um, what's Toyota going to do? <laughs> so and I, I don't I don't necessarily look at him as a TRD driver. Like no, he's, 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 I, don't, I, don't I look, look at, at him as somebody who drives a Toyota. I don't really look at any of the Thor Sport guys as the yeah. TDR guys, really. Like, if anyone goes out and does really good, but I mean, even Ekis, like, I don't know. Maybe, but I just think so there's... KBM ties? I mean, maybe. Ekis is definitely more of a Toyota guy, because right. he was with KBM, and then they they had some disagreements on stuff, and Kyle really pulled the strings to get John Hunter over there, and they they wanted to give Corey Heim races, and they wanted to give Chandler Smith races. Like The reason why Grant Enfinger's out at Thor Sport is because they moved him out so they could give Ekis races okay. last year. So I would definitely say Ekis is more of a Toyota driver than Ben Rhodes at this oh, point. Oh, for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. So something to keep an eye on. Ben Rhodes, how he's how he's gonna do in his uh track time in the sixteen while AJ runs his road course race on the West Coast. Um gonna be interesting to keep an eye on that. And you know, uh sounds like somebody might have been putting out some feelers on where he might end up next year. That might be something to look at as the season goes on. Uh we will be back later in the week or I guess early next week with a review of everything that goes on, break down our picks and all the racing action. Um, until next time, guys, thanks for listening and enjoy the race weekend. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.